Why, hello, it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Indy G over Zoom video. Indy G was born and raised in Louisiana. He grew up north Louisiana, kind of near the Arkansas border in more of the countryside. And he talked about that and how he got into music. His dad is the pastor and very involved in the church. So he had a grand piano in his house, a bunch of different instruments all around. His dad didn't play, but the worship band was always at their house practicing. So he was interested in music at a very early age, started playing piano around four or five years old, joined the school band in sixth grade, played the trumpet and did that through high school with the marching band, switched over to tuba. But also when he was in high school, he started playing guitar and started a pop punk band. He did the band for a little while, up at least through the first year of college. Then he moved to Baton Rouge and went to LSU, where he still currently is. When he got to Baton Rouge, that's when he decided, you know, I can do all these things musically. I can produce. I can write. I just want to start to sing. So he really forced himself to learn how to sing. And he started putting out songs up on SoundCloud. From there, he was able to meet a lot of other people involved in SoundCloud, like Palfu was one of the big people he collaborated with early on. And one of those songs grabbed the attention of Epitaph Records. He talks about getting signed to Epitaph, getting a DM on Twitter from the president of Epitaph, basically saying, we want to chat. And he's like, oh, this is, is this real? So we hear the story of him getting signed to Epitaph and all about his brand new song called Hampton and the music video as well. You can watch the interview with Indie G on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We'd love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Apple Music or Spotify, if you give us a follow there and a five-star review if you have some time, that'd be great as well. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Indie G. I appreciate you being here. I love yeah. your your wall back there. Is that a bunch of pictures? What is that? Oh yeah, it's actually um like um manga book. You know, like anime. Oh yeah. I, um, I watch a lot of anime, so like these are like um just different like manga panels. I like I just tore up a bunch of books, taped the pages to my walls, made my own little wallpaper. Oh, like some of my favorite shows. Yeah, it took like a week to do. I was like, gonna say that had to be hours, there. right? <laughs> oh yeah, I made a whole TikTok about it too, and it kind of took off. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. And you yeah. got some CDs like up on the wall there too on the oh, left. Oh, yeah. Or you're yeah. right, I guess. Over here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're just a bunch of blank CDs. That's cool, man. I yeah. like that. Are you at your spot or yeah, where is that at? Yeah, this is on my studio in my own apartment. In oh, awesome. Yeah, this is where I do all my music, recording, producing, everything. Awesome. Baton Rouge, you're born and raised there? Um, I was actually born and raised in Ruston, Louisiana, which is like um, about four hours from here. It's okay. Like North Louisiana, kind of close to Arkansas. It's a whole different vibe from like the rest of Louisiana. It's more a um, uh, country, like the sticks. <laughs> where where you're at, where you were born and raised, where or I was where born now. Okay. Yeah, where I was born from, like Baton Rouge, like it's more city vibes than like where I was raised at. Okay. What yeah. was it? I mean, how long did you live there for before you moved to Baton Rouge? Um, I moved to Baton Rouge in like 2016 or so so i've been here for what's that six five years or so okay so um, but, but like like what age were you sorry oh um i believe i moved here i was like 22 oh, okay so you had been like out of school and everything else at this point yeah um i actually transferred 
from um I was at LA Tech and then I transferred to LSU. Came over oh, here. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. It's a bit of um culture change, but um <laughs> this is um where I call home now. And I'm sure. definitely accustomed to it and everything. That's cool. What was it like growing up uh, more in like the country? Um it's pretty good. I mean, a lot of my um uh free time like hanging out with friends was more doing like uh bonfires you know stuff like that and out in the woods me and my friends used to play airsoft a lot like oh cool go out in the woods kind of like shoot at each other <laughs> make little games about that yeah that's amazing yeah. and how did how did you get into music um i've always been like musically like interested and like inclined i know like from a young age like i was i started playing piano like i don't know like four or five wow like yeah um my parents had like this grand piano in the living room and like i always like started like messing with that playing that and um i i was in marching band as well i started playing trumpet in like sixth grade or so Mm -hmm. and um i transitioned from trumpet i started playing uh tuba like french horn pretty much like any like brass instrument yeah i was good at that's cool well having a grand piano in your house or your parents did they play piano or like were they musical um not really so um my dad was um he was like a pastor oh, okay. so they had um a, a uh like a worship band mm-hmm. so um he would like help out with that and like they were like sometimes practice like at our house so like um the piano was there just kind of like for living vibes, but also there's like instruments like around the house and like in the garage just for like worship band purposes. And I was always like interested, kind of like took interest in that started like messing around with it and everything. Mm-hmm. But um, my parents themselves were never like music musical. Um, I'm a first generation American. So like oh, was, you are. Um, my parents Where, where's your family here from? from, uh, from Cameroon which is like West, West Africa. Mm-hmm. They, they moved here for college and then they had me and my siblings. So, um, wow. yeah. So we got the first, um, American experience, you know, wanted to make the best life for us. Sure. That's and amazing. Have you ever been back? I have not, but um, okay. I do plan on it at some point in my life. I definitely need to go just like check it out. Sure. See, did like, you hear stories from your, yeah. Did you hear stories about it from your parents at all? Yeah, they would tell us like um we still have family over there. Um mm-hmm. some cousins. We've um sent some stuff over there and like gotten some stuff received from them. Like they'd send some um different like outfits and like some um uh so like a dashiki. It's like mm-hmm. a like a um a robe kind of thing mm-hmm. with like uh, cultural colors. Wow. It's very it's very interesting. That's but, really um, I definitely cool. need to um visit at some point yeah that's that's yeah. really awesome yeah so they came out here you said to go to college yeah um they actually went to louisiana tech which is on um, the school that i ended up going to mm-hmm. um i believe um yeah so my dad came here and then he went back to bring my mom over here oh so, so they knew each other prior to to moving out here they didn't meet yeah. like at uh louisiana tech or lsu or anything no, they, they met back at home. So they're both from Cameroon. Okay. So um, he brought her back over here, got married, had children. And here I am now. And here you are. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Uh, 
Well, having the, you know, all those instruments in the house and the grand piano, was your dad like the musical director for the worship band or he just was the preacher at the church? So he's like, you guys can come here and practice. Yeah, he was more of the preacher. And um, it was kind of like a family run thing. So like my uncle, different like um, relatives were like in the like worship band. Oh, um, OK. Yeah, they were like play guitar. So they had guitars around. I started playing guitar like um, I would say around like middle school. I started like learning guitar. But you were also playing all the brass instruments as well at this time. Yeah, I was pretty much just playing any instrument I can get my hand on at wow. this point. And was um, there? Sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah. Um. Um. Eventually, like in high school, we started. Um. I started a band. I was in um, kind of like a punk pop band. Mm-hmm. With um, it was a three-piece band. So it was me. We had a lead singer, and like we had um a couple different like drummers like in and out. So like wasn't ever like one official drummer. Sure. Isn't that usually how it is? It's like the drummer is always oh, yeah. the hardest guy to find because he knows always... he's, got, he's got a pick of the litter. Right. It's just very <laughs> flaky for right. no reason at all. Because they know that they hold all the cards. It's like, exactly. oh, where's the drummer at? And then they can go, oh, I'm not really feeling this stuff. I'm going to quit. I'm going to just go join another band now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's always how it was. So like, I like to call it like more of a two piece band. It's like me and the singer and then like, um, like a guest or so, but um, <laughs> a guest drummer. Yeah. But okay. I would say like that was like my introduction to like actually like producing music and like making music for like um like recording and everything. Okay, so you guys would do so, that together and what you'd when you didn't have a drummer though, would you just program drums? Yeah, so I was more of like uh the instrumentalist slash producer of the okay. band. We um we had a YouTube channel where we did like um covers, um different like music videos, and like most of our recorded music was like me just like um programming the drums and like producing instrumentals and stuff but like we had a few gigs and like during our gigs we'd have like a drummer on set oh, okay that's yeah. really cool what drew you originally to the trumpet when you were in sixth grade um so honestly um in sixth grade like whenever i was like all right i want to do marching band they had us all like come together and like they threw up out a bunch of instruments and they're like all right which one like calls to you like what song do you want to like do and um i was like kind of torn between like the trombone and the um french horn mm. and like the trumpet was there and like it kind of looked like an in-between of the two instruments and like i so, said like, i couldn't decide between those two so i picked the one that kind of looked like it was a mixture of both because like oh, the trumpet wow. kind of has like a little slider on it even though it's just for tuning mm-hmm. but um i thought it just looked cool right that's awesome <laughs> so, it's like, funny that's the one <laughs> i played in the band for in, in the school band for one like in fifth grade when you got to kind of get your toe dip your toe into the whole thing mm-hmm. and i picked the clarinet because you if you stuck your mouth over the whole mouthpiece and blew into it it made like an obnoxious sound <laughs> but then also it was small enough where i could fit it in my backpack and i remember my neighbor who him and i would walk to school to and from school together he played the trombone and he had this big ass you know case and he's got to carry this whole thing yeah. all the way home and i'm like i do not envy you man oh yeah at least the trumpet's small <laughs> enough too you could kind of uh yeah enough to carry out a bit i bet yeah it's more like a little tiny suitcase it's not too bad yeah. i mean what was worse was like i eventually switched to tuba oh which man was like the phone you had to like carry it over your shoulder like <laughs> yeah. march with everything that was terrible to bring home <laughs> why did you decide to switch to that well um in my band, um, our tuba section was very lacking. Mm. Like around the time I was like in like a sophomore or whatever, 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I could be the guy to like step up and like make our tuba section more like okay. present. So like, I was like, let me do this. I could do it. And then like, I eventually became first chair in the tuba section. Wow. Yeah. So, so it worked out. There's that was yeah. a good choice. <laughs> yeah. It worked out. Elevated the band there. That's cool. Yeah. But you're and, also uh, doing your other band, uh, the pop punk band at the time too. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I met the lead singer, like in, in like marching band, we were friends. Okay. Um, like throughout. And, um, at that time, like I'd started like messing around with, um, FL studio, which is like the, the software that I use now today. So like pretty oh, music. You still use for loops. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, started cool. messing with that in like, um, in high school and, um, me and her would just like, kind of like mess around with some stuff on it. Cause mm-hmm. like, I know she was a singer and I was like, I want you to sing on this. Cause like I produced something and I was like, here you go. Like do what you, what you think you can do with it. And like, mm-hmm. we started making some pretty cool stuff. So we're like, you know, let's start a band. So we did that. We were called socks, which, um, <laughs> spelled s-o-c-k-s it means in spanish it is what it is and I like we that. thought that was kind of cool so we went with that <laughs> yeah it is what it is I, yeah i like that that's her yeah so you yeah. did that for a while what, until you graduated yeah so um did that for uh, about through my first year of college um we kind of broke up the band broke up or so mm-hmm. she um we kind of started having some musical differences like direction wise wow. okay she wanted to do more of the um, folk singer stuff and like i wanted to kind of explore more and like do more like genres mm-hmm. and um eventually we're just like we want to kind of do our own thing but um at that time i had felt confident in like anything i could do like music wise besides vocals so like i was never really like a vocalist mm-hmm. or anything like i didn't feel comfortable singing and like everything else I was like, I can do, but, um, I knew I still wanted to do music like after like the band ended. So I just spent a lot of time like practicing my vocals and like writing lyrics and just like singing and like getting to a point where I was like confident on my vocals. And then in about 2016, about like when I moved to Baton Rouge, I became NDG, started putting oh, okay. out my own individual music. Wow. And what was it like? I mean, going back a little bit here to, to you, deciding you know i gotta i'm gonna try to sing that must have been hard to do right i mean oh yeah grab the mic and be like okay this is what my voice is gonna sound like like t- tell me about that <laughs> oh yeah so like you never like really like know how you actually sound until you hear it back on the recording <laughs> right. so it's always like the first time like you record something you listen to it and it's like oh that's what i sound like right so, i feel like that's what like helped me the most just recording and just like listening to like my voice and like seeing what I can improve on, like my delivery, mm-hmm. like different inflections you can do on it. And just like over like years and like practice, you just get to a point where you're like confident in it. And then from there, that's when you moved after you kind of had that, that you developed that skill set to sing. And then you moved to Baton Rouge and that's when you became NDG. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. So like um, 2016 was like the move the band broke up i would say like 2014 okay so there's about a two-year gap there and that's where you're like, just working trying to trying to write songs and get your yeah. your voice to where you want it to be yeah pretty okay. much okay and that then and like, what was it like you know then now you're ndg and you've what got a couple songs under your belt and you have to put you've got to put one out or like what like what was the process there yeah so um 
I mean, starting off, like, putting out my own music, it was more of um, me just messing around, putting, making some songs that I like, throwing them up on SoundCloud mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of seeing how people would react. I um, met a couple of friends, like, that um, did music. At LA Tech, actually, there's this one guy that I met who, um, he had been on SoundCloud for a while. And um, he kind of like showed me the ropes of like how to like use the platform, how he does, like goes about like being an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and like he kind of introduced me to his like network of other like in, um, independent artists. Mm-hmm. And like through there, we kind of like collabed. We worked together. He um, showed me how to like mix and master properly, which I hadn't like really done right until then. And this is somebody you met at school? Yeah, okay. at um, LA Tech before, before before I moved. Okay. Yeah, and um, just like other people I met online, online, just kind of helped me, um, get like the whole like my whole like image together, mm-hmm. and um, just like posting on SoundCloud, Instagram, YouTube, and, and like just trying there. to gain some traction there that way. Yeah, yeah, just kind of okay. it just kind of like builds up over time. Um, when did you see like uh? Like it was a song, one of the songs that you put out, like kind of catch a little bit of fire or was it just kind of a gradual thing? Like, tell me about that. Yeah. So, um, I feel like one song that kind of like took off and kind of built like the um, foundation of like where I'm at. It's like, um, it's called numb. So, um, I met a guy named Sabbath prolific. Who's um, pretty big now. Mm-hmm. He, um, he was actually like, 15 years old at the time like really really young but like he was very talented like very good and um i kind of like helped him out starting um like recording he was not good at like producing or um like mixing everything so like i kind of mixed his vocals for him but um his lyrics were just like amazing so we collabed and like that song just kind of like took off oh wow yeah on soundcloud um, it went it took off yeah soundcloud and then um, I put it up on um, Spotify, but um, the song had to use the sample from, um, I forget the guy's name, but it was like, it wasn't a cleared sample. So like, oh, it got taken it wasn't, down. Yeah. It oh, had to okay. get taken down, which is very discouraging. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because like, yeah, SoundCloud, it was a little bit different, right? Like no one, it, it right. was kind of the Wild West when it came to that stuff. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of that going on on SoundCloud, but like Spotify uh-huh. is different. Like yeah. the second like that happened to so, like all right remove it but like before <laughs> it got taken down it was already like like approaching a million streams wow yeah that's and, killer like, that was kind of like the first song that i was like all right there's like something there like just like with that sound and mm-hmm. um from there we did more songs together we did um i don't know like maybe like six or seven more songs together and like they all did pretty good numbers yeah i mean i on your e- the first EP you put out, right, Marigold, that one he you've got a few, a couple songs or at least one song with him on there. But even pre- yeah. prior to that, there was other songs that you have released with with him on there as well. Yeah, yeah, um, Marigold with there was um, uh, Complacent with him on it, mm-hmm. and then um, Float Away, which was um the first song that we did together. That was like before Marigold came out. Yeah, okay. came out, did that song, did it pretty well. But um, just me and him, we kind of just like built the sound together, and um, cool. it's kind of kept going with it. 
Yeah. And, and did yeah. you meet Palfu through um, SoundCloud as well? Um, I actually met him. Uh, I've discovered him through Spotify. Oh, okay. I am um, looking at like my Spotify profile and like I just looked at the um, related artist page, like uh-huh. people listening to the same artists and Palfu was like the first one on there. Oh, so like I just hit him up on Instagram. And I was like, do you want to do a song together? Pretty much kind of like started chatting. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, yeah, he was that's like, cool. I your music. And I was like, yeah, I like your music, too. That's awesome because he, uh, I interviewed him before and that's where he came out of, right? SoundCloud. And then yeah. he had that one huge, I mean, the, the song that, you know, changed everything for him was much but later down the line. So yeah, so you probably, you, I mean, you were probably collaborating way before he achieved obviously Deathbed. Yeah. I actually remember when that song was like initially released uh-huh. because kind of like the same situation with me and Numb, he couldn't put it on Spotify. For the longest oh, because he had that. Because uh, it takes the hook from. Uh, um, be a what's her name? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so like he dropped that song like maybe a year before like it actually took off just on SoundCloud, and like I remember like listening to that song and I was like, it's, it's a great song, and uh-huh. like I was I'd been listening to it before like everyone else had, and then like a time came where he officially dropped it on Spotify and everything else, and like it just absolutely took off. Oh, it went like, crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's all over the radio. It, it, yeah. So it was like, yeah. And that just put him on the map. Yeah, it did. I remember the first time I heard his song, like, um, in a Chipotle. I was in line at Chipotle. <laughs> and then, like, just over the radio, his song came on. And I was like, oh my God, this is my friend, Palfu. Yeah. That's <laughs> and, like, nuts. I was like telling people, and they're like, yeah, it's Palfu. And I was like, I know him. <laughs> yeah. But like, I'm, I'm super proud of him. And, um, Cool as well. guys, yeah kind of came up together that's rad yeah i just like that whole era of soundcloud i miss so much like him me him palfu or um cyber prolific um Alice as well as another um artist that i kind of came up with mm-hmm. side of gods just like uh we would just be like chatting up just making music together mm-hmm. and it's just a good era <laughs> yeah yeah i know it's that's Fun really times. rad they kind of came out of that that same that same scene uh when she did marigold was that i mean that was a couple of years ago so you're living in uh baton rouge at this point were you doing shows yeah. at all or is it all basically just doing songs and putting them up on online um mostly just putting them up online i did okay. a couple shows um just more like house parties mm-hmm. type thing i would also um me and my homie would busk like downtown Baton Rouge kind of. Oh, really? Perform. Yeah. Um, a friend that I met in, um, at college, like in Baton Rouge, he's um, a guitarist and, um, he's played guitar for like a few of my songs, but, um, mm-hmm. me and him would like go downtown, just kind of set up. I would sing and like play my guitar and he would play his guitar. And like, we'd make like some pretty good money doing that. Cause like we would go like, around like midnight around like the time people were going to bars like walking down the street people were like drunk they would like oh, stop right. by like, listen to us <laughs> and just like oh here's 20 bucks whatever that's so rad yeah <laughs> yeah um, fun times that is fun i and I obviously stopped doing that busking yeah that kind of stopped with covid oh yeah sure because like all the bars were like shut down people mm-hmm. were, it's not as much people outside nowadays yeah but, um definitely need to bring that back as soon as <laughs> as soon as we can yeah that's cool you put out uh, another ep in 2019 called the heart 
heart bat or heart base two. And yeah. where's the first, first of all, did you do one before <laughs> that or it just started with number two? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so heart base. Um, so the first song that like I ever created by myself was a song that I called heart base. Okay. The song isn't like out like officially. It was just a song that, um, I made, I sent it to like my friends and stuff. And like my friends really loved it. Okay. So, um, the first heart base, which um isn't out like on Spotify or anything else. It's only out on SoundCloud and YouTube. Mm-hmm. That was like my first um kind of project as an DG. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um and that's just um, one song. It's um or a couple it's an actual it's EP. a couple songs. Yeah, it's okay. like uh five songs. But um, oh, one okay. of the songs is um a remake of the original Heart Base that I made. Oh just wow. to kind of throw it back. Yeah. And um Heart Base 2 is kind of a continuation on that first project. Okay. And um, that one is like officially released on like. Apple yeah. Music, I was looking at, I was listening to it at spot on Spotify uh, yeah. recently. Yeah. And I was <laughs> curious. I'm like, Hey, there's, where's the first one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The first one was kind of hard to find. It's like, you got to kind of dig on through YouTube or um, SoundCloud. For okay. It. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm going to have to do that now, right when we get off this call. I'm going to have to uh, dig in there and see what I can find. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely check it out. It's, um, you got to kind of get a feel for like how I was doing stuff back then. Mm-hmm. With, but, um, uh, I mean, I, you released a handful of songs in 2019 and then comes the pandemic. What, how did that affect your, your music? And were you working a lot over that period of time? Like, yeah. Um, so around the pandemic, that's actually about the time where I got signed. Oh, really? That record. Okay. Yeah. I'm curious. I didn't know if that was uh, until a little later. Okay. So were you a fan of Epitaph Records before signing to them? I mean, that, that label has been so iconic and has so many big, you know, at least in the punk rock world names on it. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely was like um, a lot of the bands on the label have been like bands I've been listening to and like kind of inspired my original um band in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if like, you're in a yeah, you're in a punk band. So I, yeah. I figured you'd probably were, you know, inspired by a little bit of that. Yeah, definitely. Like Green Day for sure was like definitely like a big inspiration mm-hmm. for like my original music. So it was just crazy just like um getting that call in the first place and just like right. knowing that they have interest in what I'm doing. And how did that happen? Like, did they find your music on SoundCloud or Spotify or like where, where did the connection happen? I don't exactly know for sure. Okay. I, I want to say it was um, probably through either YouTube or SoundCloud. Cause I know um, there's a YouTube channel that like promotes my music a lot called promoting sounds. And um, oh. usually they'll um, upload a song of mine and it'll get like several views. So I want to say they found my music through that channel okay um my song no way which um has like two million streams on yeah. um, on that youtube channel i think that's the song that kind of got their attention <laughs> okay so like who's this kid <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so um it was just crazy they um they hit me up on twitter like, really yeah they sent me a dm it was the president of epitaph she um dm me and like i saw the request and she said um hi, I'm the president of, of Epitaph Records, so I want to talk. And so, like, I saw that message and I thought it was fake for a while. Yeah. Were you like, Bro. I mean, <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Yeah, Did I was you like, respond no right way. away or like you just kind of were hesitant? <laughs> I mean, I took a second, like not too long, remember, like an hour or so. But I was like, all right, let me just see. Like if they are fake, then like I'll just hear them out at least. Mm-hmm. So like I responded and I was like, yeah, I can talk. And then um, we exchanged numbers. Then um, not too long after, I think like a day later, I got a call from her. And then um, we set up a call with me and um, Brett. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brett bad Gerwitz. religion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I went from me being a kid in my room to being in a FaceTime call with bad religion. <laughs> wow. So, Were you nervous when that call happened? Oh, yeah. Uh, definitely. Okay. I like, I mean, he, um, he definitely seemed to like find a lot of interest in me. Like he was very, um, adamant about having me on board mm-hmm. and like he vouched for me really hard. So I mean that he's the guy that matters, right? I mean, it's his label the, at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, wow. And does, does he help produce your stuff as well? I know he's big on pr- helping produce his, his artists. Yeah, actually, um, he'll give me um pointers. Like I have his number and like we'll kind of text every once in a while. Like whenever I'm, I'll send some demos, he'll give mm-hmm. me some feedback, like things that I can do to kind of um, improve like the mix. Um, oh, cause you're producing everything yourself still. Not everything. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, a lot. Of, I still um mix and master pretty much everything myself. But um, producing, I'll do like some songs and then um I'll use other people's beats as well mm-hmm. that like i kind of work with okay but um brad will like give like his two cents on um like maybe like a melody that i have in a song or like um just like a mixing technique that i'll do he'll be like maybe um add a delay throw here or something like that so um he's very involved mm-hmm. which is um good to hear and good to see right like, especially who's, like, so busy yeah and, and someone such a legend right mm-hmm. i mean to spend the time to listen to all the artists and support all the artists um i a band from i'm from san diego and a band that i've interviewed before for the podcast but also guys that kind of grew up much younger than me they grew up in the same area as me uh they're mm. a band called the frights and they were signed to epitaph i think they might still be but when they were telling me about recording their record and everything, it was like, you know, he was at the studio with him like every day and like so involved in, yeah. in everything that was happening with their band. I thought that was so rad. Like this guy doesn't need to be yeah. here. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's just very like, he's all about the music and like um, him signing artists like me and um, like Gucci Highwaters who aren't like mm-hmm. traditional, oh, yeah. like pop punk band or, yeah. or like, um, yeah that heavy of punk rock bands right yeah i feel like he's very invested in our success Mm -hmm. because it's kind of like the label itself is kind of taking a turn right kind of um evolving trying to um add some more sounds just like to the whole roster and everything so i feel like to him like me and like artists like the new inquirers like from soundcloud like smart Mm -hmm. death included um sad eyes we're i feel like we're important to like just like the whole yeah i mean it's kind of like the new the new punk rock in a sense right i mean just doing everything kind of underground independently and then Mm -hmm. you know creating this sound that nobody has done yeah it's kind of like pioneers in a sense right no totally pioneers yeah 
That's so I'm, rad. Yeah, there's it's a lot of weight on the shoulders, but you know, <laughs> I'm up yeah. at the challenge. Yeah, when I saw, yeah, I hadn't heard of uh, Gucci Highwater until I saw that he signed with Epitaph. And I'm like, who is this? Like, mm-hmm. this is a, like, I've never heard of this guy. And then I listened to his stuff and I'm like, this is really rad, but it's such a different direction than what Epitaph is, you know, used to doing. But then again, it's like, they don't want to probably put themselves in this box. They're just reaching out and, and getting the newest rad talent. I love that. Exactly. Yeah. They're definitely trying to branch out and like just not have, you know, Every Same. band sound like no effects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, that's so cool. Um, well, yeah. tell me, Hampton's the newest one that you've put out. Yep. Well, what, what's that song like? Or tell me about the song. Yeah. Um, so Hampton um, dropped, what was it? Um, a few days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a song that um, I feel um, is uh, kind, of, kind of encapsulates just the idea of rekindling like a lost flame. Um, writing your wrongs, but like, I just wanted a sound that was kind of nostalgic and uplifting and like, not, uh, not as regretful, but, um, the song that I, I didn't produce the whole song. I, uh, it was a friend of mine who actually sent me a beat and, um, I was like, this is, this is really good. And like, I instantly was like, all right, I kind of want to go this direction, mm-hmm. but, um, I also produced the outro for it. I just got some violence. Um, I actually paid a guy on uh, Fiverr to like play a melody on the violin. And, really? Like, Did yeah. you, so you wrote the melody and you're like, hey, can you play this on violin? Yeah. So I sent him like a little recording of just like something I did on my piano. And I was like, hey, can you play this on the violin? And so he did it. He sent it to me. And I, from that audio, I used it to like, um, I, I looped it and I chopped it up. Uh, restructured like the chords of it and just made like a whole orchestral outro for the song mm-hmm. and i just felt like that part's really cool and just yeah the whole i feel like it brings like the vibe of it together mm-hmm. and it just kind of gives it a sense of closure that's rad that's really that's cool like what a, a creative concept to be like hey, i'm gonna put this on fiverr <laughs> so now you got the guy really playing it right instead of you could have probably just uh you know midi the the sound yeah. from your from your keyboard or whatever from your piano mm-hmm. i mean that's what i tried to do at first but like it just didn't sound as real uh-huh. and i wanted it to sound like a real orchestra so i just See, got a real violin and just manipulated it to make it sound like a whole band that's basically. awesome that's really yeah. awesome. And you did a video for the song as well? Yeah, we shot that in LA. Um, Dylan came up with the concept of it and like the whole um the like the script. He'd made um he did some really cool VFX with it. Mm-hmm. Like um me throwing up lottery tickets, all that. Yeah. Which is really cool to shoot and just like to see it all come together from like what we actually filmed and how it looks. In the final oh, product post. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's insane. <laughs> it's probably cool for you. I, I mean, as the artist to not since, uh, since he probably edited and did the, the effects and everything to kind of see it after the fact, like, like, yeah. Oh wow. Like, Whoa, like this is so much diff- <laughs> more, you know, crazier than I anticipated it being. Or like when we were shooting this, I had no idea this was going to do this. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I had faith in him. So, like, you know, right. make, it, make it look cool and all that. But like, just, like, from um, me just, like, doing the motion of it to, like, actually Seeing looking it like I'm throwing up or lottery tickets. Right. So it's very cool. But um, just it just did an overall really good job with the video. Like, it looks mm-hmm. very professional. I think it's the best video I've done so far. Um, I've done about, like, I don't know, like, four four music videos and um that one i think it's the best perfect. one yeah, <laughs> yeah it's awesome it's a it's a great video and yeah. um what about playing live have you had a chance to do that at all um no not much we're um, okay. still kind of looking for opportunities for me to do some shows but um, mm-hmm. it's just been kind of hard with covid going on oh right i know all that. different variants happening all the time and all that <laughs> all these variants yeah exactly <laughs> yeah but um, the last show I did was um, uh, in New Orleans, maybe like a few months ago, like last year. Mm-hmm. Just um, a couple different artists from like the area kind of got together, just did like a little house party show. Um, that's really cool. cool. Just yeah. a small little intimate environment. Mm-hmm. That's really awesome, man. Well, I and I appreciate you doing this interview. Thank you so much, NTG. This has been yeah, awesome. Of course. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have one more quick question for you. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Yeah. Um. I would say, don't compare yourself to others. Um, pave your own lane. Be as genuine as possible because people can tell if you're trying to be someone else. <laughs> and genuinity goes a long way in making music. 